inspiration hits, right? It just hits. You have to run with it at that moment or you're going to lose it. Oftentimes, it's just a fear of starting. But if you just do it without thinking, you can get the ball rolling and usually you can kind of come up with something. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, president and co-founder of Boss Babe and your host for today's episode. And today I am joined by the hilarious Sarah Levine, who is also the editor-in-chief of Betches. Now, if you haven't heard of Betches, they have over 7 million followers on Instagram and they have quickly become a leading page for hilarious and relatable memes. And in today's episode, I'm chatting to Sarah, who's behind a lot of those memes and is going to be giving us some insight on how to successfully create viral content. And as the editor-in-chief, Sarah has written a lot of content in her career, and I really dive into her strategy for creating captivating content and pieces and how she actually makes sure they're seen by large audiences. And I'm also going to dive into why it's important to be your most authentic self when you are writing and how to deal with writer's block and how to stay organized whilst being a creative, because these are actually some of the questions that I really wanted to know, because as you guys know, and as I share with you, my story. I'm really not someone who loves writing and I really, really enjoyed getting to know Sarah's creative journey and what led her to becoming such an influential voice in the age of memes, but also getting all the actionable steps so that you can become a better writer too. So if you're interested in learning how to create viral content, I know you are going to absolutely love this episode. So get out your notepads and pens and get ready to lead this episode with some really key tips. And as always, screenshot your biggest takeaways on Insta stories and tag myself at Danielle Canty and tag at bossbabe.inc because we love reading all of them. Okay, guys, so before we dive into today's episode, I want to fill you in on something exciting that we've got planned at Boss Babe because we have been listening to you guys and we have heard launches are causing you a big problem. And so in true Boss Babe style, we've decided to teach you all we know and create the most epic training ever. Now, this training is for you if you don't have a proven roadmap or strategy to follow when it comes to launching your programs, services, or products. It's for you if your launches are kind of working, but they aren't making you enough money, or you feel anxious and overwhelmed during launches, and you're sick of sleepless nights, drinking coffee like it's water, and pretty much being attached to your tech 24-7. Also, it's for you if you want to learn the specific strategies to have profitable, six-figure, scalable, and repeatable launches. And it's also for you if you're like, hang on, what is a launch and how is this going to impact and help me grow my business? So if any of these sound familiar to you, I would love to invite you to a free training that's going to take place on May the 21st and we'll show you exactly how we have sold out our launches every single time minus the anxiety, minus the stress, and minus the overwhelm. And you are going to learn how to plan and execute profitable, repeatable launches with our four-step formula. Now, if this sounds like something that's going to help you in your business, it's going to help you grow, and it's going to help you scale, which we are super confident it is, make sure you head over to bossbabe.com 
forward slash launch formula and snag your spot today. Add it to the calendar right now. It's May 21st. Now spots are filling up really, really quickly. So I don't want you to miss anything. So pause this podcast, jump over to bossbook.com forward slash launch formula to grab your spot. And we'll see you on there on May the 21st. Now, without further ado, I'm really excited to introduce this week's episode. So let's dive right in. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. So welcome, Sarah, to the Boss Babe podcast. We are so excited to have you on here today and really just looking forward to diving in and chatting all things Betches. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to virtually be here with you. (laughs) I love it. So first of all, now for those of you who don't know, Sarah, you're the editor-in-chief of Betches and that is a pretty awesome role and I just want you to kind of share with us how that came about. Thank you. Yeah, so I actually love telling this story because it's just a true testament to just like blind persistence. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually started as a Betches super fan. Like I remember my friend in college just like showing me this website. I think it was like a WordPress at the time. And she was like, you have to read this. It's hilarious. And I was immediately obsessed. It was just so funny. It totally captured college culture, dating and drinking and all that stuff. So I kind of read it really religiously. And then in 2012, they put out a call for interns and I applied. I got decently far in the process. Actually, I remember I did a phone interview and then I just didn't end up getting the internship. But I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I went about my business. I was still reading the site religiously. Then in 2014, I had just graduated college, they put out a call for freelance writers. And so I applied again. And I was like, Hey, do you guys remember me? Like I applied to intern two years ago. And they were like, Oh, yeah, (laughs) they kind of remembered me, which definitely helped. I'd also in the meantime, got in a little bit more experience, just writing at various internet blogs. So I got accepted as a freelance writer. I think the first piece I wrote for the site went like kind of viral. So that was pretty cool. And then I think I just stuck with it for about two years, at which point I was looking to leave my current job. I asked if they had any openings and they were like, sorry, we don't right now, but we'll keep you in mind. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, companies say that to everyone. When do you ever really hear back? But sure enough, six months later, they contacted me and they said, hey, we actually do have space for an editorial role, do you still want it? So I was like, absolutely, this is my dream. It had been my dream for so many years. So that was pretty much that. I love that. That's such a cool story. And I think you're so right. There's so much power in being persistent. And we always say there's like so much power in the follow-up too. And so many people as well. We actually have a link on our website right at the bottom of the footer called careers. And people are like, oh, do you actually go through them? I'm like, yeah, like that's the first place we go to whenever we're looking for somebody because we know that they're actually super interested and they actually love the brand. And when you actually find somebody who loves the brand, it's even more powerful when they actually join you on board and be part of your business and part of your culture it's just fantastic so I love that you did that so would you say that you have always been like a really natural writer have you always been that like creative side of you like how did you first get into kind of going actually do you know what I think I've got you know but prior to the first piece of content you wrote from going viral like what had you always enjoyed writing yeah so I mean I kind of always enjoyed writing but I never really had 
the confidence to see myself as a good writer. I think it wasn't really until maybe junior year of high school that I was like, hey, maybe I'm pretty good at this. I had a creative writing teacher who like really encouraged me, but I was still kind of like, yeah, this is fun, but you know, it's not going to be something I really pursue. And then I kind of ended taking an introduction to poetry class kind of on a lark in college. And I think I maybe needed a prerequisite or something. And so then that professor really encouraged me to go with writing more. So I ended up choosing it for one of my majors and then running with it more, I guess. I love that because I feel like so often people are like ask a question like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what do you want to do in your career? Or what's the next step? And often like it's really daunting to be able to feel like, oh my God, I, I need to have everything lined out. Like I need to know exactly where I'm going. But what I love about the story is it's just so organic. You found yourself like, okay, I'll lean into this a little bit more and pursue the next thing of, okay, I'll try being an intern here. And I'll put in the fact that I actually really would love to work for them longer and how that goes like full loop. I think that gives people so much faith in the fact that do you know what? Things work out for a reason and things work out for better. And when you're intentional about, okay, yeah, this is something I would like to pursue. It's amazing how things kind of fall into place when you just start planting those seeds. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that I certainly was not one of those people who had a five-year plan. I mean, I still don't. (laughs) But I just was following what I liked, what felt right. And it just ended up working out. I was just lucky that it was right place, right time. I was persistent without even necessarily trying to be because I think now in this job landscape, you can get worried about following up and being like, oh, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to badger people. So I mean, yeah, it it all just kind of worked out. I love that. So I want to talk to you about viral content because you mentioned this earlier, like the first piece that you wrote went viral and Betches create amazing content, but you also do on your personal Instagram as well. So before we go into Instagram, I want to talk around viral blogging content and how you look back and reflect on how that first piece went viral and how you make sure that you're always creating content that is going to captivate people. Yeah, so I actually still remember this vividly. So this was probably like, I guess 2014. And I wrote this open letter or a rant, I guess, against uh, guys who would invite me over to watch a movie. And at that time, the term Netflix and chill didn't exist yet. So it wasn't like everybody was railing against Netflix and chill because that term wasn't in the lexicon yet. So I just kind of wrote this rant about how I really hated it. And it just went viral. And I think the same thread happens even with my tweets, where it's just the stuff that you think will do really well, might do well, but it might not. And I feel like the stuff that always goes viral is the stuff that you don't expect, but holds the most truth, I think. Mm. And people like to read stuff that resonates with them and that they can relate to. And I think when something definitely has like real emotion behind it, and you can relate to that, that's when it's going to get shared and retweeted and just have more eyes on it. So basically, what you're saying is with your viral content, it's not that you necessarily go, okay, I'm going to write this because this is going to definitely go viral. You just write more from a truth place. And then you know that it's going to get more attraction. Is that right? Is that fair? Yeah, kind of. I think Twitter is a different game than if you're writing, let's say, a blog post. Mm -hmm. Honestly, with Twitter, it's truly just such a a (laughs) crapshoot. Because I think the stuff on Twitter that always does amazing is always just stuff that I just I had a random thought in my head, send tweet, you just can't really have a lot of expectations, I guess I would say. Mm. But what I've noticed between all these things is like people like the stuff that relates to them most. And my dating content on Twitter does really well, because I think I can take something that might be hurtful in the moment 
dating disappointments and all this kind of stuff and poke fun of myself a bit, make it a little bit funny. Like everyone who's single right now can relate to that feeling. So that also seems to do well with people because they're like, oh yeah, this is funny. And also I'm not the only one who's thought this. Mm. So one thing I always am curious is like when you put something out there and let's say like, okay, I'm going to write this tweet or I'm going to write this blog post and it doesn't do well, let's say, what is your process around that? Because I know a lot of people will sometimes scrap things and come start a game, but then I know other people are like, okay, I'm going to tweak this, like tweak this slightly. Like I'm going to change a title on this blog post. So I'm going to change up a couple of little bits and yes, maybe a tweet you're just starting again. But like, I just want to understand like what that process is to really kind of like hone in writing and get it better and better better for blogs for example definitely and I think in a blog post if something doesn't do well there's always the option and I'll do this too tweak a headline maybe say okay this angle didn't really hit with people what if we kind of reframe it on this angle Mm -hmm. unfortunately these days I think in this internet culture people kind of read a headline and like that's that they either decide based on the headline to click or to keep it moving. So there's always a hard balance between an attention grabbing headline and clickbait. Obviously, you want to stay on the attention grabbing, not clickbait side. So it's kind of like a hard thing to navigate. But I think the beauty of blogging is you can do A-B testing. If something doesn't perform well, you can try it a different way. You can also kind of rewrite the same topic with different information later on. Let's say Mm -hmm. maybe you want to approach a topic and now instead of writing it as a personal essay, you're like, okay, what if I get a list? Maybe I'll contact sources or get quotes to kind of weave in, make it a little more interesting. I think everything on the internet has been written about before almost. Mm -hmm. So it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just, okay, what flavor am I going to bring to this that's going to make it interesting for people? I think that flavor piece is really important because Betches definitely has its own tone and so does Boss Babe, right? We're not trying to be anyone else. We're just ourselves and we're authentic in that. And so what is your advice to upcoming writers who are maybe starting their blog or they're trying to find what their voice is? What is your advice to them discovering that? I think my advice is honestly to just read more and mm-hmm. write more because I mean, I personally write the way that I think it's just like an internal monologue that's seamless, but it definitely does take honing to figure out what your perspective is. I think reading helps you figure out, do I like the way this is written? Do I not? And try to dig deep and figure out why. And then, you know, writing more, obviously just good practice. And then you can see how your voice will evolve over time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I think any writer that I've spoken to, I'm personally not a writer. I'm actually a terrible writer, but <laughs> Natalie loves writing. And every like writer I know, I have some friends who are some fantastic writers, but they really, really have honed their skill and they'll talk about how their voice has changed over the years. And sometimes they'll write more proper. <laughs> that's the right way of saying it, but they'll change. Sometimes they'll be a little more slang and write exactly as they're speaking. And sometimes they'll be a little bit more eloquent in what they're putting to paper. But I think it's like you say, really key in the fact that they just keep evolving and continuously writing and building on that so I think that's some really really good advice there now I want to also talk about the whole like writers tend to be more right-brained left-brains tend to be like you know more maths and like analysts and how do you balance that because I feel like as an editor-in-chief you have to be organized you're not just like writing you're actually curating everyone else writing making sure it's hitting dates and time so how do you balance that Yeah, I like that you brought that up because that's actually really true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Part of my job is organizing and staying on top of a lot of different things. Personally, 
I have a lot of spreadsheets and I used to do this before I worked at Betches. I worked at a magazine and I was an assistant managing editor and I was in charge of pretty much just trafficking and moving around all these files and making sure they got to the right time. So it was just like a lot to manage. So I had all these spreadsheets that I would like color code. And also I really like using editable, whether it be a Google Doc or a spreadsheet. And I guess like my organizational strategy is I try to not put anything and tell myself in my head that I'll get to it later. Like if it comes up, I'll try to edit it right away or make a note of it right away. Mm. Because I think telling yourself you're going to do it later is how things just fall through the cracks. I also keep a notepad at my desk and like notepad life. (laughs) People don't write... like write handwritten notes anymore. But I keep a whole book of my to do list. If I'm in the middle of one task, someone asked me to do something, I'll jot it down. And then it seriously helps because the day will just fly by. And I'm like, Oh, I had a million things to do. I look at my notepad. and I'm like, oh, Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Completely. We, Natalie and I actually brought out our planner for that exact reason. So I was like obsessed with, I always have something written by my desk. I didn't know why, but I don't like my to-do list always on my computer when I've got other windows, like I can't see it. And like you say, you want to just kind of jot something down. And so I constantly have a planner out where I have like the three things that I want to do in my day. And then I also have like the tasks that are coming up throughout the day that I can just jot down because my memory, if you tell me a task to do something, I just forget it. I have to have it written down. And so like, <laughs> I know there's going to be people listening going, yep, yeah, completely relate to this so I literally have to have it constantly and even on this podcast I have a notepad and I'm writing notes on things that that you're saying and because that's just how my brain works but it's really funny because my husband completely the opposite he doesn't write anything down he has a memory of an elephant but it really frustrates (laughs) me I'm like can you write this down he's like I'll remember it and I'm like but you make me nervous you not writing it down is making me nervous because I'm like well you remember it and 85% of the time he will but I'm still like oh this makes me I don't trust people who don't have notepads Also, there's definitely some kind of is a different sort of satisfaction when you can physically check it off. Oh, that tick. The best. (laughs) (laughs) It so is. It so is. So I love that. And do you do a lot of batching? Do you have like days where you're like, okay, today is a full organization? Or, you know, this morning I'm literally before I go to my spreadsheets, I'm just going to write because I'm feeling really inspired before I check in with everyone else. Like, how do you balance that? Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. 
The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Yeah, I think for me, when it the inspiration hits to write, it just hits and it's like you have to run with it at that moment or you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of always in the mindset of how can I get ahead so that I'm not writing something for two hours or something like that, then I fall behind. So I think I just in my head, I'm telling myself I try to get ahead as much as possible so I can have some breathing room. I love that. No, it does. It does. And have you ever had writer's block? Because I'm going to, as a son who's not a writer, sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to write something. And then I just don't, like, I look at the paper, I'm like, oh, don't know, it's blank. What do I start with? Do you have any advice to those people who have potentially, like, really get scared by writing? Yeah, that happens to me all the time. You just really have to push through it. And I've done this before. Start with a 15-minute timer, and you just have to put something to paper. Don't think about how bad it is. Just type freely for 15 minutes. And then mm-hmm. when that timer is up, if it's still really like pulling teeth, take a break. But oftentimes, it's almost just the fear of starting and thinking of the whole task at hand when you're like, I have to write this, it has to be good. But if you just do it without thinking, you can get the ball rolling. And usually you can kind of come up with something. And are you somebody who then goes back and edits your own works? Is it written perfectly the first time? Would you tend to write it and then like a day or so later, go back to it and edit it? Yeah, I would like to think it's perfect the first time, but that's never (laughs) true. (laughs) A long time ago, like in college, I used to write for this website and their motto was kill your babies, which is just that you can't be so precious with your creations. You can't get so attached to anything that you write Mm -hmm. because you're inherently going to be a little clouded by your own judgment. So if you're not working under a deadline and you do have the ability to give something breathing room, I totally recommend doing that. I actually think a day is probably not long enough. You're probably still thinking about what you're writing. So kind of give it a few days until it's not at the forefront of your mind. And then you can go back and edit with a slightly more objective eye. I love that actually. And I think just you saying around the 15 minutes and like being able to say, okay, this is a good piece and I can work with this. Or actually, this is not a great piece. And just being like more flexible with that and more fluid with that, I think is really, really important. With regards to writing, let's say specifically for blogs or specifically for websites, what would you say is the kind of like ideal structure to get someone to read all the way to the end? That's a good question. I think mostly you want to have an intro that is not so winding, kind of gets to the point pretty quick. And then you just want to make sure that you have 
interesting elements throughout your piece. I used to write for another large women's website. And one thing that we did there, which was interesting, was if you're doing mundane write-up of something, try to think of ways to make the piece more interesting and add sort of a service element for readers, whether that be ending your piece in a list of a topic that's kind of related or taking your research somewhere further. I think it's just kind of thinking of ways to like, instead of let's say coming to a full stop at the end of your piece, like let's say you kind of take a little rolling stop, you pull off to the side, you end with some kind of interesting list or things to Mm. keep your reader thinking about that are kind of on the same topic after you're done with the explicit topic that you had at hand. I love that. And there's so many like actionable takeaways. And I love how we were able to break it down because for so many people, writing can be totally intimidating. But I also know for a lot of people, it can come very, very naturally. And it's really nice. I feel like you kind of wear two hats in the way you're describing it. You're kind of describing, okay, you've got the spreadsheets and then you've also got the writing side of your brain. And so just breaking it down and being like, okay, like these are some things that you can do to perfect your writing is just so, so key. So thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah, thank you. No problem. <laughs> so what's next for Betches? I would love to hear a little bit more about what you guys are working for. What's art kind of articles that you guys have got coming up? Yeah, definitely. So we launched our Good Influence Fund for Corona Relief. That's our biggest project right now. We basically set up a fund that it's donating money directly to four charities that are doing different types of important work for Corona Relief. One is the Global Empowerment Mission, which helps give personal protective equipment to healthcare workers and other essential workers. One Fair Wage, which is helping people who are like service industry professionals and who like are getting paid hourly and who don't have the same income as before. One is World Central Kitchen, which is distributing freshly made meals for families who are experiencing food insecurity. And then the final one is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is helping people right now who are in abusive situations because sheltering in place is not actually safe for everyone. So we've had this fund set up for a little over a week now, coming into two weeks. We recently had a big Instathon event, which was a fundraiser, kind of like an old school telethon, but we did it all on Instagram Live. So now we're brainstorming ways to keep it going, keep the momentum going, get as much help out there as we can. So that's definitely like the big initiative we're working on for the foreseeable future. I love that. And thank you for those contributions as well. Like it's completely amazing that everyone's like rallying and pulling together during this time. And thank you, Sarah, for coming on this podcast and providing so much value. Like I always say, we always want to make sure these episodes are just full of actionable tips and you have certainly delivered that. I know that so many writers out there, there's so many of the guys listening, if they're starting a blog or they're growing their blog or growing their website, are going to have so many things to work on after this conversation. So I really appreciate you and thank you for coming on so before we end i would love for you to tell um, our audience where they can find you because we know that they love to tag us with their favorite takeaways so what's your instagram handle sarah oh awesome yeah you can follow me on instagram and twitter at sarah f carter you don't spell sarah with an h <laughs> no h <laughs> and yeah. honestly guys you should definitely follow sarah her memes and twitter posts are hilarious they'll get <laughs> you giggling you. they really really well they brighten my day so <laughs> I definitely want to be sharing the laughter with others. So (laughs) make sure you tag us, tag myself at Danielle Canty as well and at bossbabe.inc and we would love to hear your takeaways. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks for having me. 
If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were. And I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bossweb.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag The Boss Babe Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast. <laughs>